0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Checking out the happenings of these markets on a midweek. We're looking at really... Um Well, close to a midweek. We've got some higher numbers in the corn. It definitely was lower for those beans. And the wheat market pulled themselves into the positive. Let's quickly flip page to the livestock side where it was lower numbers on these cattle and a mixed type of market feel on the hogs. We're going to take a look at what's kind of the driving factors that we're seeing in these markets. Also, kind of an overlook of planting progress, especially when we look to those states to the north. Lots to talk about in today's episode as we are being joined, of course, by Jeff Peterson. Jeff is with Heartland Farm Partners. And Jeff, what do you think? is in the driver's seat for these corn and and bean markets at this point?
1: Well, as as we dig through, lots of different pieces of information out there. And as we kind of break them down, Susan, what it looks like here is that U.S. weather continues to play a a big importance. And right along with that, you've got planning progress or lack of progress in some areas. And even though the green corridor has been approved, we still got to keep that attention and see if it's working as it should. Brazilian weather, we don't hear a lot out of that, but... We're generally hearing a little bit drier than they'd like to see in Central Brazil, which would really kind of be Mato Grosso. But even some more dryness that's showing up there in Mato Grosso do Sol and Paraná, and even parts of Rio Grande do Sol, Even though we know those areas that I just mentioned, I'd have a little more concern about an early frost. But overall, we think those things, those weather conditions in those areas, could be trimming that you know South American safrina crop just a little bit. um Not very much, but just a little. Uh, We also want to watch very closely on what's happening on the planning side across North Dakota. Minnesota's moving along nicely, South Dakota is too, but we got to still keep our focus on on North Dakota. And then we also have to keep an eye on those export sales or lack of export sales in many cases. So those are some of the highlights, Susan.
0: Well, let's start out with that grain corridor. Do you think it's going to work as it would like? Because there's a lot of he said, he said going on in this corridor
1: you know there really is and, and so let's go back to what we know so what we know is that the green corridor was extended what do we know before that was happening is that even though there was a corridor in place you know russia had the ability to slow up the inspection process so now we roll forward to where we are right now and what we had knew is that there was about 65 vessels waiting to come into the black sea and Unfortunately, the process is moving along very, very slow. What we're hearing out of some of their contacts in Ukraine is that since uh, basically May 19th, there's only been about nine ships of inspected, and we'd expect to see quite a bit uh, more than that. And and as a, a matter of fact, you've got one particular port, um, Pivdeni, which uh, there's three ports that were approved, but that particular port, uh, you know, in, in Ukraine, you know, honestly, there hasn't, Russia has not approved any ships to go to that particular port going all the way back to April 29th. And what's interesting about that, that is one of their largest tonnage ports, and so as a result, that is impacting the amount of bushels that are physically being able to come out of Ukraine. And information that we're looking at shows there's about 26 ships that are slated to go to that particular port, and and they're not getting approved. So we're going to have to watch that very close. Some additional stuff that we ended up seeing just as recently as yesterday suggested that of basically 13 ships that were submitted to Russia. Only three of them were put on the plan to be inspected. You know, so even not only what's kind of happened here in the past, but we're still seeing that whole process get slowed up. And, and so we're going to have to keep a close eye on that. And in, in essence, Russia has the ability to kind of shut it down, even though if the corridor's
0: in place. And that'll make for some interesting uh, marketing aspects when and if that happens.
1: Oh, most definitely
0: will. All right. We know that North Dakota still continues to um, have some planting struggles, even parts of um, South Dakota and Minnesota as well. But looking at where we're going with North Dakota, how is it moving so far?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. So let's just take a high-level look and just say, okay, so what's the planning progress look like overall? So on the corn, 81% planted, and that would be overall across the U.S. That does compare against this, the five-year average of 75%. But something we have to be aware of is that that's, that five-year average is rather slow. If we were probably to look at something more like a 15-year average, you know, that number would probably be somewhere closer to 83 or 84% planted. And then in particular, we dig in and take a look at North Dakota. North Dakota is about 32% planted on the corn side. And that compares to their five-year average of 50%. But something we have to keep in mind, though, is that last year they were only 18% planted at this time. But as we dig deeper into that numbers, what that really says is that North Dakota had planned on planting 3.75 million acres of corn. And based on where their plantings are right now, they've got about 2.55 million acres left to plant. And it looks like, you know, as of or as we approach Thursday, I think Thursday would be the date in which they could declare some prevent plants. So we're going to have to watch very closely up there. General consensus coming out of North Dakota would be, you know, there could be nine hundred thousand, maybe one up to one point five million acres of corn that may end up going prevent plant. So we're gonna have to watch that very close. What we do believe though, overall Susan, is that I I think we're gonna see our overall corn acreage number. So if you think back to the number out of the May Wazdi report, we'll see that planted acreage number come down. You know, could it come down one and a half to two million acres? It sure seems like it could. Now We'll have to just keep an eye as we dig a little further. Something we have to keep in mind is that starting on Tuesday, um, we will actually start getting the crop condition report. That will be the first report for crop conditions. And what we'll be wanting to watch uh, next Tuesday is just, you know, this crop has got in. We've got emergence happening on the corn ciders. About 52 percent of this crop emerged. So we're gonna to wanna to watch those conditions very closely and see overall, I think our initial conditions are gonna be really good and and actually above what we'd normally see. But what we are gonna to wanna to keep an eye on is we know there are many areas that are a little bit dry out there. So we're gonna to have to watch how this crop progresses very close.
0: Well I'm excited to see is as, as- the fields continue and we get some warm-ups going. And as I drive across southern Minnesota uh, later today into tomorrow uh, to head to Minneapolis, I'm excited to see where those crops are sitting. Stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up. As we get ready for the second half, we're also going to talk a little bit about the dry weather concerns. You know, we've all heard those rumbling about abandoned weed acres. We'll talk more about that coming up. It's a Font Now Final Bell on the World Radio Network.
1: As you've probably heard, there will be some changes coming for Fontenelle hybrids. Bear Crop Science has announced Fontenelle will be joining 10 Bear seed brands to launch the new enhanced Channel seed brand. You'll get the same excellent products and service you come to expect from Fontenelle, along with expanded product offerings and increased agronomy support. You'll still be able to purchase your trusted Fontenelle products for 2024, and rest assured, we'll work hard to continue to earn your business through this transition. Read and follow pesticide
0: label directions, green marketing, and other stewardship practices. Fontenelle and Channel are trademarks of Bear Group
1: krvn
0: welcome back to the font final bell here on the rural radio network i'm susan littlefield we're continuing our conversation this afternoon with jeff peterson jeff of course is with heartland farm partners so when we were leaving for the break we were talking about uh prevent plant that kind of stuff happening in north dakota but we're starting to hear and i know that clay Patton was on the on the wheat quality tour as well in kansas but we're hearing some of those oklahoma kansas areas they're looking just to abandon the fields and maybe plant soybeans or sorghum. Um, how do you see that factoring in into what we see in these numbers, Jeff?
1: Well, I think that's something very important that we have to watch because as we're hearing, and it was great job to hear the coverage It was done on the, the Wheat Quality Council tour. But yes, exactly. It, it does look like the abandonment's even going to be higher than what we probably thought and probably what NAS would have initially reported and what it was showing in the May WASDE report and what it sounds like depending on your area I think it does end up some of those acres will end up going over to grain sorghum but you know something that's crazy is that it's been so dry so long out it is going to be interesting to watch whether they get planted to something else or if they do say fallow because they you know the moisture levels are just so low out there.
0: All right, let's take a look at, at what you're seeing the dry weather-wise. What concerns or is there any concerns really building into this marketplace right now?
1: Well, I, th- I think what ended up happening, so let's just go back and look at big picture. You know, when we had a big pullback in the market here, we, we really, in our opinion, really took all the weather premium out of the market and discounted as if the, mark was off to, the crop was off to a great start. And overall, I'd say in most areas, the, the crop has got in the ground well. We know that uh, subsoil conditions, topsoil conditions are dry in some areas, but overall we're off to a pretty good start. And it's, it's a lot better than if we mudded this crop in. But I think we're at a kind of a transition point in here. Once you get the crop in the ground, you start getting it emerged. The market's going to start kind of shifting its attention to a little bit. And where dry conditions and maybe a little bit warmer conditions were positive before, now it's going to look at that and say, okay, now when are we going to get our next rains? And I think the market's going to start, and we've seen this already start, because we got oversold, it's going to start building some weather premium back into the market. And where that can give us maybe a little bit higher bounce than what we think is the fact that as we look at the corn side, the funds are short. That market they have been short, so they may be quick to come back and buy back out of those short positions. We've also got some support coming to us from the wheat side. So I think weather is going to be a bigger factor going forward Further here,
0: Susan. And you know, I find it interesting, Jeff, uh, on Thursdays, if you watch social media, as you and I both do, especially on the Twitter side, you will start seeing just like that that drought monitor picture pop up because folks are waiting to see how dry things are when it looks to soil moisture conditions and overall issues. What are you hearing? And with the soil moisture conditions and the overall rankings fitting into this day to day action.
1: Yeah, well, we're watching it very close. And so there's some really good data that comes out of the crop progress report. On the the last few pages, it gets into the topsoil moisture and subsoil moisture. So what we do is we take that data and and we break it down and say, okay, now what percent of the U.S. corn and soybean acres, and we'll start on the topsoil moisture first, you know, are short to very short. Because the short to very short rating would usually indicate that we've got some type of, moisture situation that's going to be cause a problem with yield and what our number would show is we're currently at 23 percent short to very short and how that compares is that if we go back from 2004 through 2022 on the average is about 13 percent now what gets interesting is we look at the weather forecast going into next week um in the next couple weeks we know we've got some above normal temperatures we've also got some below normal precepts setting up there And as a matter of fact, that below normal precip, what you end up seeing is that you see about 50% of Iowa's could be below normal. Uh, You've also got Minnesota, a good portion of Minnesota, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio. And so what that says overall is that we're going to be net drying these soils out. So we think about, well, where could we be next week? Well, our forecast for next week would say we're going to be about 35% short to very short. And then we go back and say, well, how does that compare to past years? And if we go all the way back, through 2004 the only year that's actually drier on the topsoil side would be 2012 which is at the 50th percentile now as we walk out one more week after that, we think, you know, we could actually be in the mid to upper 40 percent on the short to very short. And believe it or not, back in 2012, actually, the short to very short conditions improved just slightly, dropped down to 44 percent. So as we come into next week, you know, that could be about or two weeks from now, actually, Susan, we could be at some levels, uh that would, would spend the highest amount of short to very short on the topsoil going all the way back through 2004. Now, as we dig a little deeper and look at the subsoil, one interesting thing we have noted is that there's a few states where there's some big concerns on subsoil. Nebraska's one of those. We're at 73% short to very short. There's only been two times in past history where we've been actually higher in that. That would have been in 2013 and then in 2000. And so we're gonna have to watch these subsoil moistures very closely going forward, Susan.
0: Definitely some interesting times. A lot of folks praying for rain. Jeff, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at
0: JeffPeterson01. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Coral Radio Network.